Hello, hello, hello. Test, test, testicles. Got it. Uh, okay, remember to uh, pretend like you like the listeners. Um, <laughs> give a shit about pinball and fake friendship with you. Okay, I got it. I'm ready yeah, to go. Yeah, you? The usual. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. The Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Hey, how you doing, besties? What's shaking? <laughs> <laughs> so when we just before we recorded and you said act like we love our listeners. Hmm, not sure that was very convincing. <laughs> I might play that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marty, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? Welcome, everybody, to Final Round People Podcast. This is episode 60. 60. Now, considering you're a lot closer to 60 than I am, I mean, that's quite a big milestone, isn't it? Uh, sure. Is it? Do, who cares? I mean, out of those 60, how many were good shows? Five? Oh, you're being very generous, but apologies again. We said we were going to be back in a fortnight. It's, I think, a month. Now, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Oh, uh, who's paying we, us? We are, <laughs> well, considering we don't have any sponsors anymore because they've all dropped us after. I that, just got um, sick of writing them. I'm tired. <laughs> we don't yeah. have guests because it requires scheduling and, and meeting their schedules. Listen, it's a Friday night. It's like midnight my time. I just got back from a wicked dinner. It's a Saturday afternoon for you. You get what you fucking get. I know. I can smell your garlic breath from here. Massive garlic. (laughs) Massive garlic. So good. That's all right. Anne had it too, so we're wafting at each other's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how are you, brother? I am. I'm really good. I mean, that that month has gone very, very quickly. A lot has happened. We've got a lot to talk about. Shall we get on with it? Okay. No banter? Fuck it. Let's do it. Well, it's true. We've been busy. I mean, when we tried to schedule... I think I had one weekend available and you were like, no, can't do it. I'm at a show. What show are you at? I was at uh, Tazpin, I believe. Tell me about Tazpin. I know nothing about it. Well, do you know what Tasmania is? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, a lot of people don't. Tasmania is an island. It's part of Australia that's south of Melbourne. So Melbourne's probably the closest capital city really to Tasmania. There are two main probably three if you count Devonport, but two main cities in Tasmania, the capital being Hobart, the other one being Launceston. And so there's a group of pinball enthusiasts down there called the Tassie Pinball Mafia, and they decided to put on their first pinball show. They they were meant to do one, I think, before COVID hit, but obviously Ian had other ideas. So, yeah, no, fucking ruining pinball for everybody. Yeah. So... They put on their first show and this was really Haggis's first showing at a pinball expo, if you will, as opposed to uh, Bristol Masters, which was a tournament. And I've got to tell you this, for the first show they've ever put on, this was just fantastic. Oh, nice. It was such 
a really well-run show. They had they obviously had a lot of time to prepare. They had some um, consulting from some people that do that run Pinfest up in Newcastle, which is coming in a couple of weeks. So they they had a lot of lessons to learn. One of the organisers, a guy called Justin, he was up the night before worrying that nobody was going to turn up. And it was just extremely well attended, but just extremely well organised. When you walked into the event, which was the Australian Italian Club, you just had a row of people greeting you, telling you what needed to be done, giving you your wristband for the day, etc. And the, the machines were in fantastic condition. What was really interesting about this show, the most recent Stern game that was there was Game of Thrones. Whoa. The most recent game they had a Rick and Morty, but the majority of the games were DMD and solid state games. They were meant to have a row of, um, of EMs, but unfortunately uh, they didn't pass the test when they got tagged and tested. So they- Seriously? They, yeah, really. So just at the, the particular venue didn't have the um, power requirements for it. But wow. the majority of the games were just solid states and EMs. And what that meant was people were just gravitating to all the different games. There was never like one or two or three games that just had a line of 10, 15 people. You know what I mean? Yep. So it was just, it was good to just see all these games in fantastic condition from the older eras instead of just- being Stearns and JJPs and, and all the other modern games. Sounds like a great first show. I mean, that's tough to do. I, I can see why Justin was sweating Will people show up. I'm sure they had some pre-sales, but still, you never know when you put one of these things on, but uh, sounds like it's going to be an annual thing. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Uh, and there were some people from around the country that, that all flew down for the event. And I think it's only going to get bigger next year as well. There is a funny story I need to tell you about, though. Finally. Uh, yeah, I know. Right, here we go. The humans, humans. Well, I don't know whether it's going to be that funny, but we had an Airbnb for the night. So it was me, Damien and Patricio. And, you know, the, end, the, the event ended pretty late. So we got to this uh, location, this Airbnb at a, just after midnight. It was raining. It was freezing cold because Tasmania is very cold. Uh, we looked at the instructions for the Airbnb. It was, you know, it's keyless entry. Here's the number pad. Put the number in, open the door and in you go which we did, opened up the door, this fantastic waft of warm air just came to us and went, gee, that's nice. Turned the light on, two people in bed got up going, what the fuck are oh, you doing? No. <laughs> so oh my. We entered the wrong place. But the code worked. The code worked. We're just the film crew. Go on, continue. <laughs> Please, please, as, as, as you pay no attention, could, could probably get a better angle from over here if you could try that again. You can lift your right ass cheek just a little bit. I want to get a little bit of genitalia. Thank you very much. We're good. The, the, the funny thing was, though, after this happened, Damien then had to ring his wife, Georgia, to find out what's happened with our arrangements. <laughs> they could not stop laughing. Oh, it's I, I, awesome. It's, it's not. I was there going, guys. It's past midnight. It's cold. It's raining. We've got no accommodation. Can you stop laughing? I kind of found it funny the next morning, but they, they just found it hilarious. We literally disturbed people in bed. So in certain parts of the United States, if you do that, you might get shot. That's that was, Patricio said that because Patricio, Patricio comes from Argentina. He was like, 
If this was anywhere else in the world, you would have a gun in your face, possibly a bullet in your chest. I went, yeah, fair enough. We, we sort of said, oh shit, sorry guys, our mistake. And they went, yeah, no worries, bro. And that was it. I always wonder what Airbnb meant. I guess B&B is boobs and balls. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You paid That's, your money. Here you go. I now know what it stands for. I didn't know what that so. meant. Well, that's pretty funny. That's awesome. And uh, again, congrats on the Tasman show. I assume Haggis uh, did very well. I mean, we're hearing good feedback. We're seeing more and more of your machines out there. You yeah. got to be pretty yeah. happy. Yeah, very happy. So we had a Celts and we had a uh, a Fathom Revisited there. And uh, yeah, great response from people. And what was kind of really cool is, again, this was a, a pinball show. So rather than it being people focused on a tournament, people were focused on talking yeah and we had uh, a lot of conversations and just meeting people that had been following the haggis story since damien's first video that was that was you know kind of cool very good congrats yeah it's awesome yeah 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 for yours truly the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks i've been at a place known as the cne the canadian national exhibition it uh, the first time it's run in two years because of Ian uh, COVID, and so it's a it's one of the largest. Think of a world fair. Like I mean, it's it's just got tons and tons of rides and food buildings and exhibitions and things buildings with sales. Well, we've run pinball tournaments there in the past, so we did so again for the last two weekends. That's why you and I couldn't get together because I've been there for twelve hours a day plus another two hours of driving for six days on weekends and a lot of fun still not the numbers we wanted uh, again i think COVID has a a big factor i mean we're just not getting the tourism in canada because we require vaccines to come into our country if you're not canadian so that's keeping a lot of people from the border we didn't have one american show up whereas in years past we did so maybe next year it'll be a little bit different but uh i think we did a good job after being away for a while so that was fun and yeah fuck yes yes marty i won three of the six tournaments i know you want to know look i said it we're done move on um so it was good in that sense and uh it's been keeping me busy this is kind of like the first free weekend i've had in a while because it gets a lot busier over the next little while and i'm sure we'll get into that uh you and i have not fucking talked since olivia newton john passed away what was oh. it like in your con- you know you i'm not even trying to be funny here you know i love olivia newton john i know you do you and i before we were podcasting we're talking about olivia and just oh Oh, tell me about it. What, I mean, what so, do they do in the country? So, yeah, look, she is, she, she, I guess national treasure is, royalty. is the word. Yeah. But yeah, she is like, like Australian royalty. It was, it was really, it was really devastating. Um, you know, my, my partner works for Olivia Newton-John, so was a big shock to them at work. It was a big deal. I mean, I don't know whether it's, it's this, but people were saying it was kind of like, uh, Princess Diana dying for Australia, and and it kind of yeah kind of was it out of was, nowhere. It was a big big deal. So yeah, I guess because she's been battling cancer for such a long time, it kind of wasn't so out of the blue. But I just I always thought that she would live forever. I just thought that she would just be one of these people that's constantly battling cancer and you know, staving it off, just surviving. But unfortunately, it, it got the best of her in the end. So sad uh, and young too. 73, that's that's nothing. And uh, a treasure not only in your country, but uh, around the world. And it was nice to see the tributes for her. So uh, yeah, that's, that's too bad. But uh, it did kind of yeah. set us back. Mm. 
It did. And, and I tell you that, that I, I logged into a streaming service here in Australia. It's called Stan. I, I, don't, I think it's only a, an Australian thing. And you know, when you, when you log into those streaming services and, and a banner comes up with like a movie or a show that they're trying to promote. Yeah. I tell you what came up. Xanadu. Xanadu. That's the one. So, so I decided to watch Xanadu, which I had not watched since it came out. And? <laughs> it's so good. It's awesome. It's, I know. It is. The last 20 is, minutes? Oh, fan, fantastic, right? That whole skating scene. But even before then, I guess probably at the time, and, I, and I've then sort of done all these deep dives as, as to why it, it failed as a movie. And I could probably understand at the time why. It got quite bloated and quite confusing. It didn't really know what it was. But if, if you look at it as this, it is, for the most part, a series of music clips for ELO songs, some of them sung by Olivia. Yeah. The tube. Then and the tube. Yes. See, I don't know who the tubes are, but they're the one that they do my favorite scene where you've got the 80s rock band and the like 40s, 50s sort of jazzy kind of yep. numbers where it all combines the stages combine at the end oh you got uh, gene uh, kelly on roller skates gene kelly from, oh. when he's doing that yeah oh guys <laughs> i just it, watched it i mean it's it's trash but it's trash olivia but it's it just really good come, trash. flies off the screen i mean just oh. just a delight and oh it's so good so i'm uh, my first yeah. crush my first crush yeah yeah she's awesome so awesome. Okay. Poor Livy. She's gone. Yep. There you go. It's sad to see her go. What else has happened? Oh, I didn't tell you that. My streak is over. Do you know what I'm talking about? The number of days with your fly open? Fucking blew it at the C&E of all places. <laughs> Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I caught it early on. I mean, mm. there might have been an hour where I was given a sneak peek, but. I caught it as I was going to the washroom. I'm like, oh, I'm already prepared to go. <laughs> Damn it. I was, I was doing really well. I had about a month straight. I, it, I, th- I don't know if I said this before, but every day I leave the house. I used to work in London, Ontario, which is about an hour and a half away from me. So that's a long drive. If you forget something, you're fucked because you don't have it for the day. So every morning I would say the same thing. I'd say iPhone eyeglasses because sometimes I'd go without my freaking phone or my glasses. I can't mm-hmm. see. Uh, I say watch wallet to make sure. And I don't wear a watch anymore, but when I worked there, I did. So, okay, I got my wallet and I would say computer keys. So watch wallet, iPhone, eyeglasses, computer keys. I would say those six things and never forget anything. I got to add fly to that now. Yeah. Seven things. That's a lot to remember at your age. Yes. Too much. Something's got to give. I guess the watch, (laughs) but there was, yeah. Anyway. There was another exhibition and it was, well, it wasn't. (laughs) But Um, so, so, so overall the C and E PC was a good, was a good tournament run. Everything was great. It was run really well. I mean, we had some machines from, you've met Jerry Power or you know of Jerry Power from Player One. I know Ryan's I do, him. yeah. And, uh, you know, we had the Maple Pinball bring some stuff out, the Durham League. So we had enough pinball machines, a mix of classics and new and a lot of free play games that Jerry provided. So you could play Toy Story 4 for free. You could play Cactus Canyon. You could play Guns of Roses, the new Stern ones. Uh, you know, once our tournaments are done, we, we moved Rush and Godzilla and zeppelin and uh beetles and all these kind of things out there so that was kind of fun we were thinking about putting beetles funny enough in the classics if i could make it so that every time you press start you would play the sea witch code 
Right. But you have to manually do it, or, or we couldn't figure it out. So we kept it in the, the main bank. But I would have loved to play Beatles as Sea Witch. No multi-ball, you know, hit the drop targets. Yeah. Yep. What do you think of that? I mean, you that's kind of what Haggis does, right? The, <laughs> what, do I, what do I think about a new game that's got original code in it as well as new code? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I, I At Tazepin, I got to play Funhouse 2.0. And mm. I, I, I also found that quite a challenge to switch code so we so we've got it in fathom that it's literally on the ape and when you when you go to start the game flip right for the new code flip left for the um the old code and you can actually change that in the settings to lock in one of those codes if you want to let's say you're on location and you only want new code or old code so yeah so it, it needs to, to it needs to be easy i guess yeah you, you went oh when i mentioned fun funhouse 2.0 what are your thoughts don't like it Sorry, I, I like the attempt. I like the effort. I do. No. I loved it. Absolutely mm. loved it. Well, Too much emphasis on the left ramp. Yeah, where there was really no emphasis on the left ramp before. Sure. No, I didn't feel that. I felt like it was allowing me to play the, the layout as opposed to just doing the one thing. I admire the effort. I like that it's different and it is different. That's the great thing about it. Sure, it's totally different. Uh, the animations are great. Uh, Mark Silk, I think, is the voice of Rudy. He does a good job. So th- that's all fun. But if I have to say, which version do I want to play? I can only pick one. I'm picking the original. No, I'd pick the new code. Yeah, That's sure. why you're on that part of the world. Yeah, but, but I also think that it's because I've played the old code. I've played it. I don't need to, to play it again. I've, I've played it. If it's in a tournament, sure, you have to play it. But if I'm going up to a machine where there's a, go, there's a code that I've played over and over again, I want to try something new. So I, I, I liked it. But even so, if you play the old code, it's still got the, the, the screen in the play field that's got the, the different modes that you get in the yep. mirror or whatever it is. And it's also got the new screen in the back. It's kind of cool just having that. But here's the thing. You've now got choice. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty expensive. I don't know how much it costs. Mm, pretty pricey. Yeah, I remember. But, I mean, you got to pay for stuff like that. I get that. And it's a, a different screen, um, different animations, different code. I get all that. I mean, it's, it is yeah. what it is. I like the effort. I don't want to shit on it because I really do like the effort. I think that's a neat. I wasn't a huge Funhouse fan to begin with anyway. Same. So. Same. I was hoping it would be a little more and it just wasn't. Yeah, the the thing I think this one suffers from is not having an auto plunge. So I think when you get into multi ball, you get balls in the shooter lane. Yeah, look, I just just going back to price. Oh, bubble burst alert! Beep beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> I'm counting down. That's why we're not doing podcasts. I'm waiting for the bubble to burst. And I'm like, we're back. <laughs> no, all I was going to say was that um, I think that there's a lot of discussions about value from money okay let's let's talk about tna 2.0 because this also goes to i'm going to extend it a bit further it goes to toy story because everyone's saying oh there's no toys so therefore where's where's the the value but then you also look at you know toppers that come out that cost thousands of dollars i've never understood um, the value of that sorry zach don't my, kick us off i no, uh, no. i don't get it this is where I'm trying to trying to position this because at the end of the day, people are going to make money. People are yes. doing this to make money. So if you're if you're putting out a mod and it costs you twenty bucks, why would you sell it for 
$25 and make $5 when you can sell it for $200 and make a shitload of money, which therefore makes it worth your while. I think that people are sort of really undervaluing or underappreciating people's need to do these. It's not a charity. They're not doing things so you can just have a little trinket on your game. People are doing this because they want to make money. So when you've got toppers that cost $2,000, sure, there might be $1,000 of profit in that topper, but that's making somebody have a living out of doing this as opposed to just doing it as a hobby and then sort of not being able to meet schedules, et cetera. That, that, that's kind of my point I wanted to make about that because that comes down to Funhouse 2.0 and also Brighter Pinbot was also quite pricey as well. If it's not pricey, it won't be done, I guess. Sure. And another factor, looking at it another way, the price is what someone's willing to pay for it. So sure. you can't bitch. Whether you're selling a used machine, if somebody's willing to pay X amount of dollars, then that's what the price is. I'm in sales. And uh, <clears throat> let me say that with the, uh, <laughs> my normal voice as opposed to my balls yeah, being You're not saying out. whether you're good at it or not, but you're in it. Let me say this. <laughs> yeah. You're in comedy. Sure. Well, there's that too. I'm in sales. And, you know, when you're first in sales and you're trying to get the sale, you're like, please say yes, please say yes, please say yes. Now, I actually don't like when someone says yes. Why? You don't like being successful? No, because I've left money on the table. I didn't ask for enough. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, if I say yes, yeah. oh, fuck, I, I probably could have pushed that a little more. That's the name of the game. So why is why are companies any different? If okay, let's move the needle a little bit. So TNA is uh, is a little more pricey. If you wanted it before, you should have bought it before. Uh, they've got this new price. If I owned a TNA, I'd be feeling pretty good that this new price is just jacked it up. That means my machine is now worth a lot more. So and they're adding things to it as well. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's the way inflation is all across everywhere in the world. So why would you expect it to be what you paid for many years ago? Well, take inflation as part of it, whatever small percentage inflation is per year. But being in the biz, I know how much suppliers have jacked up their prices significantly. Sure. Yeah. So so that's, that's just, again, again, Spooky, you're looking at saying, well, in order for this to be worth our while, this is what we've got to do. Because the reason why I'm saying that is I think the majority of feedback that I've seen is people saying not at that price. Are you just that, setting us fine. up for a haggis price increases? Is that why you're doing this, <laughs> this diatribe so that, you know. No, hey, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just trying to be some sort of voice of reason in the middle that sort of says, yeah, I get it. I get that $9,000 for a TNA is quite pricey considering what comes in and people are saying, oh, well, the butter cabinet should be part of that, etc." But I guess the point I'm trying to make with that, and I also see a lot of negative feedback when people come out with, with toppers or with mods that go on games, people are always saying, that's too expensive. Well, I, I guess I'm saying, like, I know that the cost of these things to make is a lot less, but people are going to make a cut from it. Otherwise, why would they do it? It's yep, not a charity. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. That's fine. And uh, people look at those toppers because they're limited editions, so there's a value in that. I always look at things from a player standpoint, right? I have an LE machine, but I didn't buy a topper. So is my LE incomplete? No, the topper did nothing to the game itself. So I'm saying, eh. yeah, it's an optional extra. Yeah, for sure. Optional. Now, before we get into more things here, I mean, a lot of the reason 
people listen to final round is because we do have the scoop you're inside i'm inside we do know a lot and for the first time ever we're going to reveal the next game with a twist we're going to record it reverse it it's gonna be played backwards if you want to hear what the next game is going to be (laughs) you'll have to play this podcast backwards so you got to do a little bit of homework that way we are legally bound to our nda for for breaking anything because we didn't say it it's just so funny that it goes backwards so give us about 30 seconds here you can fast forward or you can rewind and listen but here are the next few games from pinball companies go well, there you go. Uh, for those uh, sleuths that played that backwards, uh, you got a little bit of dirt there. Maybe you can pass it on to your friends and maybe knock on the doors of your distributors. Hey, get me in line for one of those machines. So you're welcome. What else is happening? Okay, what else is happening? Uh, Fly's been down. Um, oh, I'm going to, well, we'll save it for the end. I, I didn't actually put this in my notes to you. I'm going to do something that has not been done in months on the show. Talk about something interesting. Mm, <laughs> I can't promise that. Tell a joke. Oh, zinger. <laughs> I'm going to shit on a certain format known as a flip frenzy. Oh, what? No. The what? <laughs> what I'm going to make fun of a flip frenzy for you. Okay, go. I realize why so many people want these flip frenzies to end. And when I say so many people, I mean the IFPA brass that voted against it to nerf it in 2023. I so, know why. Why? Because I would say... A big bulk of the flip frenzies that are on are absolute dog shit. You heard me say it. I said it. Okay. Tell me why. Somebody sent me a thing. I get a lot of, I get quite a few people sending me stuff about like, you're right, those flip frenzies are are great. And I ask how they're playing them. And I said, okay, that is a good one. And then I'll get, conversely, someone say, flip frenzies are stupid. Here's what happened at ours. Here's what happened at a flip frenzy. And I don't want to say where it is because there are a lot of people that were there. And you and I know quite a few of them. I don't want to embarrass them, but you ran a shitty flip frenzy. All right, here's what happened. 48 people, 10 machines. What does that mean? You have 28 people in queue. Average games played in three hours, six to seven games. That is a stupid, stupid format. It's not a stupid format. It's a, the way it, they the way they structured it was. No, you've got to cap it. They, they yes. it's usually about you know two two point two people per, per machine. machine that you there have. it is. I would even say two people per machine just to be safe. You're definitely yeah. fine with that. Yeah, because you want a couple a little variety and you want you want about ten percent in the queue. Not twenty eight out of forty eight people in the queue. Ridiculous. Yeah. No wonder that, people hate flip frenzies like that. No, but that's not a problem with the format. That's just that's just an oversight. In so the then, why don't they say, "All right, a flip frenzy has to be two people per machine maximum. You have to cap it at that. You have to have twenty percent in the playoffs." Why don't they do that? Why don't they fix the thing? Oh, I guess I've been banging that drum before. Fix it, not fuck it up. Get rid of the shitty ones because those are shitty ones. Insist on a playoff. Insist on win-loss differential. Not this willy-nilly fucking 28 people in queue when there's only 48. Give me a break. And I'm sure the 10 games are long players anyway. Look, 
Again, oh my god! You and your fucking flip frenzy. No one gives a shit. Bullshit. And, and no, what you gotta understand? No, 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 no. I think what you're doing is you're mistaking flip frenzies for being a proper tournament. They're not. They're meant to just be it's match play, fun. dude. They're, ju- yeah, yeah, see, they're just they meant to be fun. fun. The purpose is to have fun and to introduce new people to pinball. If you want to get serious, do a card format. Do a freaking pump and dump. Do those match play. Do all that kind of stuff if you want to get serious. If you just want to have a fun tournament where randomly some people can win, then do a flip frenzy. Stop taking it so So conversely, you're saying pinball tournaments are not fun. No, I'm saying that- no, I'm not saying that. They're, they're different horses for different courses. But the flip frenzy, stop taking it so seriously. It's just meant to be a bit of fun. Come on, lighten up a bit. It's killing a lot of people's regular weekly tournaments. Yeah, but don't go. I get that, but uh, people like don't to- Don't go. The, the problem with flip frenzies is you've got one person playing, say, 15 games. You've got another person playing 25. That variance is the big problem. Listen, I'm not the guy to do it, but there's somebody who can figure out code and figure this out to say, okay- when you're at 15 games, you're done playing your flip frenzy so that the other people can get their 15 games in. That would be 100% TGP, by the way, because everyone played the equal amount of games. That's the problem with the flip frenzy is you've got such a wide range. And then people worried about, oh, am I tanking? Am I giving up? First of all, giving up, by the way, conceding. Is that, I'm going to ask you, Marty, you've once dabbled in tournaments before. Is conceding legal or illegal in the IFPA? Uh, Think about what you say. Well, it's legal, isn't it? I know the answer. I'm asking you. Well, I think it's legal. I think people hate flip frenzies because people concede. Yeah. Well, people concede in normal tournaments as well. Really? Like in the IFPA 17 Mm. when Keith did to Escher? And then the next game when Escher did it to Eric Stone on game two on F14 Tomcat? Escher didn't get thrown out of the tournament. You're allowed to fucking concede when you think you're beaten. Sure. So, so throw that argument out when you, well, because people are saying flip frenzies are stupid because people concede. So what? Yep. So let me just make a point if I can. I'd rather you this not. Might, this ahead. might be new. This might be, might be new for you to hear this, but oh boy. Um, flip frenzies are just fun. Fucking get over it. You know what's there not fun? Waiting in queue and waiting in queue. Oh, uh, yeah. Queue. But again, I, as I said, that's not the format's problem. That's the organizers. Mm, and that's just it. probably, well, you can fix it by capping the amount of people that can go in they the tournament. They fixed pin golf because pin golf used to be the willy nilly. You'd fucking play at 10 in the morning and you'd play on machines at work. You'd be in the group that plays at 11 at night and, oh, fuck, the flipper can't get up the ramp. Sorry. No, no you know, look, they, they you did. know my. They, made, they fixed it by putting mm, a playoff in. Well, that didn't mm-hmm. fix it when I played pin golf before. Pin Pinburg. golf should be gone. Remember that one? Sorry to everyone we, in Maine uh, who does pin master. Sorry, Joe Lamarino. I know he's a good buddy and friend of both of ours, but uh, fucking get rid of pin golf. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as you know, like I went to that, that pin golf before Pinburg. And, and it wrecked like, Pinburg. You were like, mm. and it, we had like an hour to go and mm-hmm. we still had three games to play. Not happening. Not happening. So, so. Joe Lemire, our good friend, actually went up to the tournament organizers and said, strike us off. We don't yeah. want our results on this at all because it'll impact our- Oh, you legal cheaters, you bastards. If you played six holes, it's supposed to count. If you play half- oh, I, don't, oh, do you know what? I, don't, I don't even know whether we got that far in. <laughs> I actually don't know whether we got that far in. It was right. just- So this, this is, again, this is one of these things where you've got to try and predict- how many people are going to go into a tournament to make it an enjoyable experience? Boy, that's 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 brilliant 
foresight to be able to figure out i've got this much time to play a game i have no idea oh the venue closes we gotta leave or we got no ping golf is hard i know but flip frenzy is easy you've yeah. got three hours to play the only thing you've got to have as a variable is the number of people playing in that tournament versus how many machines you've got to play ah <sighs> you know if roger sharp was still running the ifpa oh he would be a voice of reason good old roger is that a good segue? Here we go. It's pretty good. Oh, what's it? next on the list? Oh, Roger Sharp oh. movie. Oh, hey. <laughs> Fucking tight. Oh, Been away for a month. So I still got smooth. it. Yeah. You really do. <clears throat> oh, you're fucking her. So, yes, Roger Sharp. So this movie is called The Man, Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game. So we've actually now got a date. So it's actually going to be premiering at the Hampton International Film Festival. Wow. I don't know the actual date of when it's airing. Oh, I do. Because I'm going. Are you? Yes. Roger gave me an invite. I'm going. Oh, excited. didn't get my invite, Roger. But Listen, sure. I um, want to ask. I was going to mm. ask you off air, you fucking dick. I was going to say, mm. you're, are you coming to Expo? Because if you are, come a week early and come to the Hamptons with me and Ann. Okay. Sure. Maybe. <sighs> anyway, yes, it'll be at the Hamptons. That's one of several film festivals that movie will be at. But that's, okay. the, first that's the first time it'll be premiered uh, in front of an audience. So that's very exciting. I hope it's good. I think it will be. Look, what I mean is, I hope it's good outside the pinball community. We're, we're going to fucking lap it up. It could be an absolute steamer and we're going we're gonna to fucking love it, right? Because, oh my God, it's Roger Sharp, the moustache that saved pinball, right? So we're going to enjoy it regardless. But I wonder if people outside of the pinball are going to is it, is it going to transcend the pinball community and people are going to see it as a, as a cool movie regardless? See, now I thought the other way around. I thought the general public will love it and the pinball nerds will be like, oh, that's not quite right. That's not Roger said this and this. You know, mm. they'll, they'll be picking apart that kind of bullshit. Wait a second. That score shouldn't have doubled. That shouldn't have been 100 points. <laughs> that's the kind of shit pinball nerds will do, right? Brian C will be like, that bell doesn't make that noise. It's a fucking chime. That's bullshit. <laughs> Things like that, right? So I think it'll be the other way around. But I mean, as far as the cast and stuff, uh, Mike Faced, who plays young Roger, he was in West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, was up for a BAFTA award. I mean, they've got some good chops. I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head who plays Ellen, a young Ellen. But the guy who plays an older Roger Sharp. Did you watch Better Call Saul? Uh, Crystal Reed. Is that who you're talking about? Crystal Reed is the woman, yes, who plays Ellen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. She's got a good IMDB, I guess that's what it is, IMDB. Yep. She's quite a good background as well. Uh, cool. The person who plays an older Roger Sharp was in Better Call Saul. He's the one who was uh, Kim Wexler's boss after she left Hamlin. So, uh, I mean, he's been in a bunch of things. And I've heard I've heard him uh, speak as Roger. He's got the cadence. He's got, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he said five words in four minutes. He is Roger Sharp. Yep. I think there was a, there, was there a trailer? I think that's all where- If you go to the website, yeah, so I-, I and, and there was, and as soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh, hang on. He's got you it. You have nailed the voice. Uh, yeah, it is, it's the cadence and the enunciation. Just got it. Well, Roger, actually, he's one of the executive producers of the show, obviously, of the movie. When they were casting, he specifically wanted that actor. So uh, pretty exciting. So yeah, that'll, I think it'll be great. Again, October 7th to 9th in the Hamptons, New York. Uh, find something for me to do. Hmm, what can we do in New York that weekend? There's always stuff to do. Anyway. There's always stuff to do. So yeah, that's uh, today is what? Friday the 3rd. I got invited yesterday. So I'm pretty excited. I told Anna, I go, we're going to the Hamptons. Oh, okay. So if you got invited yesterday, I should at least get my invite over the weekend. Okay. That's cool. 
Oh, thanks, Roger. But, uh, but speaking of pinball movies, hmm, not the best segue, but there, there is actually a, a documentary coming up. It's, in, it's an Australian documentary. It's called Still Standing. And it's actually about the pinball and arcade culture in Australia. And it's, it's done by a guy called Brad Gilbertson. Uh, so you can actually look up there. There's some trailers. It looks really well done. You may or may not see me in it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, look, he's talking to <laughs> collectors, to operators, to people in the biz. Um, but, yeah, just still standing documentary. Look it up. Just Google it and, um, yeah, you'll see it. So I get to go to a film festival. You're actually in a film. So Mm -hmm. it's all Mm -hmm. even, my friend. Do you think that's even? Do you think that's going to make up for not being invited by Roger Sharp? Mm. Okay. He sent me a thing. Ask your buddy Morty. And I said, oh, I said, uh, I said, oh, uh." he didn't. He said, ask your buddy Ryan C. Well, there was that too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's cool. Bottom line. What What are you doing it? A little song and dance? What do we got here? No, they're just sort of going through the factory so you can see me doing some um, vinyl preparation. Okay, nice. Decals. But look, forget about me. I often do. Go on. Do you though? <laughs> well, you did this month. Um, look, I any pinball in the public eye, I think is a good thing. And particularly yeah. when it's, oh God, I'll bring this up. The documentary special when lit, right? Documentary movie, whatever it is, is it divides the pinball community because some people think it's it's cool. Some people think they're taking the piss. I'm on the side of they're taking the piss, but I still enjoy it. So what I'm hoping is that I just like it when these movies, documentaries, whatever they are, are in the public eye, but they're actually doing a respectful view of the community in the scene as opposed to taking the piss. That's all, that's all I want to say. I'm sure Pinball, the Roger Sharp movie, will be just that. It'll be, I mean, they're doing obviously a lot more of the story to it. So how he met Ellen, a, a single mom with Seth, and how the their bond grew and it has over the years. But it certainly leads up to the big uh, big event in New York when uh, he proved it was a game of skill. But yeah, there's a lot more in it. I'm extremely excited to see it. And uh, another, I mean, sorry, I'll, I will check out Still Standing for sure, but uh, glad to see Emoto has got uh, her little Kickstarter yes. going for her project because she's such a great filmmaker and I know Jen Rupert's helping out. So that'll be neat to see. Wizards World, I think, is a big sponsor of that. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Again, just more of these the better so it becomes normalized in society. Yeah, you know what's going to happen because of our age? Pinball's going to, I don't think it'll ever catch up to video games, but it's going to be, you know, just underneath esports and all that kind of fun stuff. And we're going to be too old and we're going to be out of it. And we're like, where the fuck was that when we were around? Yeah. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I know. You know what is big? Holy shit. I saw this at the CNE. I, I knew about it. I've never seen it live. I've had friends that, are big into it and were big into it. Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That giggle is well-placed. Let me just say that because these people, I saw a bunch of guys that were from, and I'm not trying to shit on them. They were from Rochester, New York. All right. So we're talking like Bruce Nightingale kind of people, right? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. they had these jerseys, like these really expensive football jerseys with their names on the back. And or their nicknames on the back, and they're playing for some sort of world championship. Like this was the regional event they were going on, 
And I was kind of fascinated because I like that kind of organization. I think any kind of subculture is pretty cool as long as you're having fun, not hurting anyone. And this is a big thing. I've certainly heard about it. I saw the stand next door where people were buying cards for like big, big bucks. And I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. I, what am I missing here? I mean, this, this must be kind of neat. So I went up to one person who, um, I don't know, if Triumph the Insult Comic Dog was around, this guy would have taken a beating. Let me just say that. Anyway, okay. I went up to this guy and I said, sorry, forgive my ignorance. I'm just over here at the pinball thing right next door. What are you playing? And he looked at me like, like I wasn't on fucking Middle Earth or something. Like he just looked at me like I was the dumbest guy alive. I, he wouldn't even answer me. Like he rolled his eyes and just fucking kept going. I'm like, I'm just trying to engage. You're sitting across yeah. from me at the pinball event. We're here for a whole weekend. So when, I, when I'm here saying, look, I hope we can have things that normalize pinball in society. He's not helping Magic the Gathering being normalized. Yeah. yeah. I, I apologize for taking away from your fucking sixth Twinkie in the last hour, but answer the question. <laughs> these fucking guys came in with these coolers, right? And first of all, I didn't know they could bring coolers in because they sell food there. This guy had a cooler and... Apparently, you are allowed to bring food in as long as it's not fruits and vegetables because it was fucking chips. It was cookies. It was pop. Yeah. It was, oh, my God. And uh, anyway, so I'm not shitting on Magic the Gathering. Mm. It wasn't a good representation of the game. I will just say that. And I'm sure pinball, <laughs> we have well, that too, right? From, from, from one nerdy subculture. Exactly. We're the king of the nerds. We, but we can look down our nose at the other subcultures. And this is the point I want to make. And I know people that play Magic the Gathering. Yes, you are awesome people. This is not about you. Ray Day, about these Greg people. Pavarelli. Those yeah, guys are yeah, 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 yeah. guys. So, so we have, well, you know, PAX, right? So PAX is, yeah, yeah. is a thing. So they have that in Australia. And so the Magic the Gathering and all those other sort of card card games or collectible card games, whatever called. The point I'm going to make, this is going to be quite offensive to those people, but you know how we often talk about the hygiene of pinball players? And lack of? We smell of roses compared to people that we play do. Magic the Gathering. There you go. Speed Stick was not sponsoring the Magic the Gathering. Fucking Axe uh, body spray was nowhere Axe, to be found. Or Lynx. Axe is Lynx in Australia. Yeah. I wanted to go back to grade nine to find some Drakkar Noir. Drakkar Noir. Oh my God. <laughs> fucking splash on some of these players. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I thought I was fucking king shit when I could afford Drakkar Noir. Do you wear cologne at all? Uh, yes. I not do. always though. No, not always. Not not to the factory, but but outside I do. I am known for my scent and, and I'm not talking crop dusting. Well, that's another story. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anne even commented on she it. She loves how you smell. Yep. Le Labo is the brand. Oh, you're giving up your secret. Yep. Le Labo, another 13 is the particular scent. So if you want to smell as awesome as I do, and, and I'm telling you now, I, I, particularly in America, I used to go and visit people. And you know when I used to go over to Utah, people, strangers used to come up to me and go, what is it that you're wearing? It's amazing. I'm like, well, I know. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this, but you can't afford it. So yeah. The fucking people come up to me and said, you just had KFC, didn't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Colonel. God bless you. Uh, anyway. I have an Ask Marty question I want to ask okay. you. I want to ask you a question. No, normally the question is, who would you save? I'm going to do this every week, but it will be Ask Marty. Sometimes I'll put people on the death thing, but it's not this time. This is okay. This is important. Okay. Let me get into it. How okay. is Winston the cat? He's awesome. I love your cat. 
What is he, an English? Uh, He's a British shorthair. British shorthair, thank you. Yep. Beautiful cat, funny face, just- Gorgeous, yeah. Oh, he is. I have a cat, a little black cat named Freddie, named Freddy? after Freddie yep. Mercury. Uh, we have a dog named Jagger. So Jagger is 22 pounds, 10 kilos. Mm-hmm. Freddie is smaller than Jagger and would be about a third the weight. And here's why I want to ask Marty. How in the hell are cats' shits so big compared to dogs? That cat can outshit me. I know from cleaning the litter. They're monsters. This is, <laughs> I need to know this. We purposely got a small dog because I, I didn't want a dog out shitting me. Jagger has little, little not rabbit turds, but somewhere in between. My fucking cat. I'm like, okay. I, I think me. I've got the answer. Thank I've you. got the answer. There's a couple of things. It's the amount of food, first of all, that you're feeding them. But here's the thing. When a dog wants to do a crap, it fucking does a crap. Cats can hold on to it. They store it all up and go, here's a fucking juggernaut for you. Boom. There Who it is. wants five Tootsie Rolls? Holy shit, they're big. <laughs> That's it. They, they can hold on to it. Our cat, if we don't have the door to the laundry where the litter is, he won't fucking go and piss and shit elsewhere. He'll hold on to it until the time is right and then just let out the floodgates. Aren't you there surprised? No, I've had cats all my life. I'm not surprised at all. Just compared to the dog. I mean, anyway, I was- I've never really had dogs, so I don't really have that much of a comparison. But to answer your question, yeah, that I think they can store it up and just when it goes, it goes. There you go. Great question. Well, it is a good question. And listen, uh, cats, they're robbed in the wiener department. All right. Have you ever, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, that's a fucking. I don't know. I don't. They are robbed in the wiener department. They've got nothing. On a good day, you might get a fingernail at best. Like there's nothing there. (laughs) And the pinky at best. Whereas dogs will, you know, they fucking flop around or whatever. Yeah. Dogs walk the walk, but they can't shit, mm. you know, like they, compared to a cat, like, okay, yeah, I make fun of my weird. How was this? Boom, fucking monster. But anyway, I just, <laughs> right before we, right before we recorded that day, I smelt a waft as I walked down here. I'm like, oh, I got to change the letter. Holy fuck. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Hope awesome. you're listening during dinner. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, listen, if you have other questions that you want to talk about animals ablutions, please give us a, <laughs> an email at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. We'd love to hear all about your animals poo. Well, and I was joking about the wieners and stuff, but in Iceland, they have the, because uh, Zach Sharp went there and I said, you got to go check out the penis museum. He said, what? I said, I'm not, I'm not joking. My wife and a bunch of friends went for somebody's 50th. And they said, we're going to the penis museum. I'm like, just say the strippers. And she said, no, no, it's an actual <laughs> penis museum. And I'm like, <laughs> and they, so they have like molds of like <laughs> the Iceland bobsled team or something like that. I'm like, hey, that's a little crude. But then they've got all these animal ones. And she said, the cat's wiener is the smallest one there. So, okay. Well, we, we have a, um, a I, well, let's place do 20 more minutes on this. This is fuck the pinball. Absolutely. So we've got, a, we've got a place in Tasmania, speaking of Tasmania, called Mona, the Museum of Old and New Art. And they actually have an exhibition of molds of vaginas that literally go down the, the wall of one of the floors. So if you come to Tasmania, there you go. Veg fest. Jeez, that's not a doorway. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't say it. What did I say? <laughs> okay now i know we gave a sneak peek of we already know what the next game going to be announced is so if you rewound the tape you, you've got that already but for those that didn't uh, there are some rumors out there what do you think marty what's coming next well the rumor that i keep hearing is that it's going to be venom 
Is it? <laughs> Whatever. I, I mean. What do you think about that as a theme? Okay. I'm not going to say yes or no to whether it's happening or not, but uh, what do I think of it as a theme? Perfect. Great for pinball. Sure. I mean, sure. Spider-Man was a wicked game. Uh, yeah, it'll be great if that's the game. Nah, but, I, 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 but you know, Venom really uh, isn't as popular as Spider-Man. Right. But, you know, I guess, it's, I, I guess for me, it's kind of like Deadpool where, you know, it's a, it's a good character, but it's not one of the major characters. But people bought it because it was a great game, was fun to play. So, yeah, it it's, again, the theme is, fuck, am I going to spend $10,000 because I kind of like something or does the game have to be good? Yeah, I don't. But Deadpool is still number seven on Pinside, so that's huge. That's okay. I'm going to be talking about games that have aged really well after their release, and some that are badly. But when I was then doing a bit of research on where these games rank, Deadpool at number seven, I went, "Oh, hang on." I mean, I agree because I think that Deadpool is is a fantastic game, and I think that they've done phenomenal theme integration. But as a theme itself, I'm like. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, it's fine. Fine. Yeah, theme was a novel thing. Uh, I remember. Don't you remember when that came out? People were like, "Oh, it's not the movie." And yeah, I know. Yeah, it's better that it's not the movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They 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 gave it its own style as a result, which I think worked well. Perfect example. Considered one of the greatest games ever, Jurassic Park by Keith Owen. There's nothing fucking Jurassic Park about that game. There's nothing movie about it. You've got the car that's not even the car from the movie. You've got no characters, no assets. There are dinosaurs. It isn't Jurassic Park. It's a great game, but you're being snubbed if you think you're slapping a logo on that, and that's a Jurassic Park game. Not, nope, 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 it's not. Well, of course it's a Jurassic Park game. It's a Jurassic, it's set it's not in the Jurassic movie. Park. But it's not the movie. No, of course, but it's still Jurassic Park, you know? Well, it is, you know? It's the logo. And as Mrs. Pin said, that ain't a fucking T-Rex. That's a brontosaurus. <laughs> Remember when she said that? That head moving around? Like, that ain't no... I love this. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Number four on Pinside. Jurassic Park. Just... Uh, no arguing. It's a great game. Yeah. It's not, yeah. uh, not the movie. But I also... No, but, okay. uh, we've said that before. I like when you've got a theme, so it doesn't have to follow it verbatim. It's, it's kind of roughly the... It, it's in the world of whatever. Yeah. Avengers. It's in the world of Jurassic yeah. Park. Perfect. But sure, with your logic, that's basically saying that Avengers into Divinity goes, well, that's not Avengers because it's not Avengers the movie. But it is well, the comic. They've got all the characters. Yeah. No, that's, sure. that's, closer, that's closer than Jurassic Park. Well, yeah. I mean, they've got the helicopter. So <laughs> that's that. And they've got, they've got the goat that gets eaten. They've got some elements. Wow. They've, they've got the raptors in the kitchen. Mm. Come on. There's no. enough. There's enough. But okay. So, so let, me go on, let me go on to my, my point that I'm going to make. So I went to Hashman and Danger Ray's place uh, for a birthday event. So happy birthday to all those people. And it, it really is because I just, I don't get out as you know. Uh, it was a chance to play some pinball, which was awesome. And so I got to, I got to play a Rush LE for the first time. I'd only played a pro before. And right next to it was Godzilla LE. And there were some other games there as well. And I just wanted to almost have a bit of a, a discussion, a review of games and some games that I think have aged really well and some that haven't. And that, again, when I look at Deadpool at number seven, I go, well, hang on, that's aged extremely well because when that first came out, people were very cool about it. And you wouldn't even necessarily say that code changed it that much. I just think people understood the game and what it's meant to be 
over time. But back to Rush. Oh my God, it is such a fucking good game. Oh, good. Okay. I was worried. <laughs> Where's oh, it going? No, not at all. Uh, I, I said it before when, when I first played it, I went, wow, there's something about this game. Having now spent more and more time on it, I, I just think it's one of Stern's best games in recent years. I really, really do. And that's the general consensus when I talk to people. They just love the game. You've got it. Thoughts? I think it's so underrated. Even if people say it's one of the greatest, it's fantastic. The code is is brilliant. The shots are fun. There's lots to do. And I just have the pro. I like the LE and the premium. Um, they're both fine. I just didn't think I needed the extra things that the LE and the premium offered. So I saved a little money there and I still have a lot of fun and lots to do there. I, I haven't even come close to to tackling it and i consider myself somewhat of a good player but um yeah it's and i make it tough as well but uh lots of fun there Mm. and so godzilla just update for everybody i'm still still not not loving it ryan said something to me the other day we we actually tried to have ryan on this show but he couldn't uh, join us tonight so we'll get him on soon we were talking about godzilla and he says you know when you own it and you're dialed in you never miss the left ramp you never miss the right ramp and, you know, there's the building there and the scoop. There are four shots there. You can find those shots on two shots on each flipper. You're probably going to do pretty well. I just played it at CNE. I don't know that game very well. I don't know what to stack, how to do it. I just was doing exactly that. Hitting the ramp slots, hitting the scoop when I see it lit, following what the mode told me to do. I had a pretty good score. And uh, I certainly don't consider myself someone who knows that game a lot. I still had fun. It shoots really cool. I think if I owned it, I'd like it even more. And I will be owning it. I'm getting a, a premium. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 look, I, again, I, it's, it's from a casual player's view because I don't have it, so I don't get to play it all the time. And maybe it would grow on me. But, you know, I, I had Jurassic Park, which I instantly loved. And then it just got even better and better over time. So I'm, I'm glad to see that's at number four. Well... Okay, out of Keith's games, the one I like playing the least is actually Jurassic Park. And I think it's a great game. Sure. Something has to be at the top, something has to be at the bottom. It's that one. I just find it, um, and I've heard Keith say, I think it's the O shot, maybe he's a little too tight. I don't know, I just, I still find Iron Maiden fun beyond belief. Same. Avengers would be, maybe you could flip-flop that with, with Jurassic, but I haven't come close to completing Avengers, and, uh... Unique shots there. I think Godzilla has a lot of... The problem with Godzilla for me is kind of what you were saying in earlier episodes. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm just hitting shit. And Mm. I'm not being told really what to do. When should I be hammering that heat ray? uh, Which I don't even know really when I should. Or when it's ready to go. And should I be going spinners? This, this, this. So I have to watch more streams. I know Carl's done a bunch. But... um, I just don't really know from looking down at the play field what I should be doing. If I'm looking up watching somebody else, it's a lot easier. Eh, you can't always look up when you're playing. Well, that, that's what I think the advantage that Jurassic Park has, because I think you always know what you need to do by either looking at the screen, looking at the play field, or hearing the callouts. It, it guides you much better through the mm, game. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. So, I would put, for me, I would put Jurassic Park uh, as, this is the, the Irwin games. Jurassic Park for me is number one. Iron Maiden is number two. And I would, I would, I would love that back in my collection. Hmm. I would, I don't know. I just think there was something 
magical about everything coming together, the the theme and the layout, the, the sounds, the call-outs, the insert. Just, I think that that is just a, a great collection of everything. I think Jurassic Park, for me, has a better rule set, just the, the framework of how you get to the end game. I really like it. And then I'd put Godzilla and Avengers side by side, equal. Now, I would say Iron Maiden is maybe one of my five favorite games to play. Okay. And I've never owned it. And I never sure. wanted to own it because it's everywhere. That's sure. the one good thing and bad thing about it. I mean, it sold a ton, so it's they're not missing out by my one sale. But I look forward to it at tournaments. I look forward to it in free play, uh, going to leagues, going to arcades. I enjoy playing that so much. It's just a great shooting game and, and, and the different modes and callouts and music. And But uh, I didn't need to buy it because it is everywhere. So yeah, Jurassic uh, Park's everywhere, but I, don't go, I wouldn't go to that one. Look, I just think... This may be a bit bit too much gravitas, but I think that it can't be underestimated the impact that Iron Maiden had on pinball design. I think it was a game changer. Something to do with an upper flipper other than one shot, for example. Yep. Yeah. And Keith, one of my favorite things he does, and he's done it on all four games. Here's an upper flipper, but how many times is it wise to actually not flip? You can find that example in all four of his games. Yeah. Where it makes sense not to flip. Yep, correct. But also, he gives you incentive to flip Mm. as opposed to always letting it come down to the bottom flippers. But the novice players, when they see the ball, they hit the ball, you know, as as opposed to try to cradle or let it bounce. And, And a lot of those upper flipper shots that you ignore on Keith's games will give you a good dead bounce over to the flipper you need. Perhaps. So, yep. Just brilliant design. I can either wait for his next one. Yeah, cool. So, then that leads me to just further games that I got to play that I just thought to myself, gee, they've aged really well. And there's one that I, I'm just a little bit perplexed. There you go. I said it. I'm perplexed, people. I am surprised that Game of Thrones is number 55 on the pin side top 100. You think it should be higher? Oh, I think it should be much higher. Yeah. I think there's a fantastic game. It's my favorite Dwight code. Mm. Yes, same. I've said that, yeah. Stranger Things is 17. Let me just say that. Flip those. Right? Stranger Things is 17. Game of Thrones is 55. But Black Knight Sword of Rage is 27. I'll take Game of Thrones over those two games. Rick and Morty, 31. Although, you and I both said this, Stranger Things is a game that has aged well over time. It is and it's on my list of games that's <laughs> aged well. <laughs> I, I did put in brackets to an extent, but yeah, it's number 17. So it, it has aged quite well. I think what's really aged well with that game is people's adjustment to the art style. Because then when, once you do that, because that, that was quite jarring at first, people were like, well, that's not the color palette we were expecting. It's so, it's so colorful, there's purples and oranges and it's not dark enough. But after a while, once you get over that, you actually realize it's actually quite an immersive game, which I like. I think rules-wise, it, its downfall is that I think it's a bit of a, a grindy repeat fest, meaning when you start the game, pretty much doing the same thing each time. There's not a lot of options, really. I just felt like I was always playing it through the same way. But- I think one factor, more than anything else, determines whether a game ages well or poorly. One factor. You just mentioned mm-hmm. art. It's not art. What is the one factor? 
Well, I know that the factor, the one factor is game satisfaction, (laughs) whether you feel like you want to play a game again. The element that goes into that, well, God, there's many things, but what do you reckon it is? 100%. It's code. Code? The play field's always the play field. Sure. Walking Dead was a piece of shit when you first played it, and then the code went, boom, here you go, and now it's a great game. It's the code that makes the change over time. Stranger Things, the code got better. Guardians of the Galaxy, the code got better. Sure, but I I sort of gave the example before of Deadpool, because Deadpool- did but didn't radically change. I mm. think we just we just appreciated a very sort of different type of layout that was a bit jarring at first. But I think it it just sort of aged well. But I, another one on, on my on my list that I got to play again was Kiss, which is at fifty one, which is higher than Game of Thrones. Just in case, another code change with the playfield multipliers. That's a great game. It is a good it game. Really is, and the one that I know we've mentioned because it was on my underrated list and I god my memory's pretty bad but I'm pretty sure it won. Mustang is such a freaking underrated game. 134. 134. That's ridiculous. And you don't see many of them. No, that's I right. I guess it didn't sell well. I yeah. enjoy the game. Same. It's just fun. It's fun. It's tough when you've got those five um tar- drop targets in front of you and the big flipper gap, but it's a fun game. That's yeah, pretty good. I like it. It's kind of a uh, JT's, uh, that's the closest I'm going to say to his name, JT's kind of best of where you get the the big uh, ramp into the creature, the Black Lagoon spinner thing there. Yeah, the whirlpool thingy, yeah. But um, it's a fun game when extra balls are off. Oh, it is very, very extra ball heavy. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, there you go. That were just my some thoughts. So, genuinely this time, people, if you can think of a game that's come out, let's say in the last, well, maybe 10 years, that has aged really well. Write into us and let us know. Um, Where do people write to us? They write to us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. But do you think there's any particular games that have aged badly over time? I don't think Mandalorian's done too well in the last few years. Yeah, I got to play that again. It's, again, I think what you were saying before, I don't think it's code- I do. Is as good as its layout. Oh, yeah. I, I think I, that's right. The layout, the callouts are good. The code's just not quite where it makes you want to go back again and again and again. And that could change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it's beautiful to look at. The Randy Martinez art is spectacular. The shots are pretty fun. It's nice to see Brian Eddy do a different layout. You know, when he came back with Stranger Things, we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's the first thing back after so many years but he was asked basically to do something attack from mars like so when he gave us that awesome so i'm looking forward to his next one just josh talks a lot about there's just too many options sometimes in pinball and if they're not equal that could be a problem and the original game of thrones code had that problem i think mandalorian might fall into that problem you look at oh i'll do that mode i'll skip that mode i'm gonna hit the center shot over and over again those type of things, a little concerning, but uh, maybe they'll get fixed. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Enough. I should... Fuck, I got to pull this up. So, it has been a while. Our good friend, Dr. John. Yes. Who's trying to make a living, not as a doctor, but as the voice of Australia. How do you feel about that, first of all? The Australian podcast. Okay. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. this. I wrote to Dr. John... After hearing him on, it might have been like a, a radio show. Um, I'm, I'm trying to scrolling through my phone, trying to find it. 
But, but look, I reached out to him and I said to him- Back the fuck that, off. No, I actually, no, that's actually not true. I actually said to him that I think he is a fantastic ambassador of pinball because he's obviously an intelligent guy. He's, he's very well-spoken. And what he does, he, he's been on a, on a few radio shows and, and some, some other promo stuff as well. What he does is he adds a bit of cred to the pinball community because he's usually talking to people that are like, oh, yeah, pinball wizard, oh, pinball, and they're still making those and <laughs> yeah. they, they speak like that. So they're taking the piss. What do you guys call those? Bogdans? <laughs> what do you call them? Bogans. Bogans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what he does, because he is so eloquent with how he speaks, it kind of just shuts them down when they kind of go, oh, oh, this guy's actually for real. <laughs> this is actually a normal thing. Yeah, let's go back to making fun of those magic guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it, it, it really is. I, I, and so I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for him to be the voice of Australian Pinball with his podcast. So, so what he I, did, it, this is the funniest thing. So he, he, by the way, you should listen to the Australian podcast. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. He what was the one I just heard he had on. I didn't hear episode nine, but episode eight, he had the uh, Western Australian who almost beat Steve Bowden at- um, Now, you've met him. I forgot to mention this yeah, last yeah. time when we were talking about Brisbane Masters. You met him at Indisc. Listen, I don't remember Australians when I meet them. You know that. No, firsthand. I do know that. Yes. Anyway, so Dr. John heard us make fun of some silly names <laughs> in Australia, which were all real, by the way. And he said, this is what he wrote. He wrote me separately on pinballprofile at gmail.com. I don't know how he sent it to you because I haven't seen your questions. You haven't yep. seen mine. He said, hello, Jeff. Time for a Dr. John quiz because Martin doesn't know about Australia. This is a short five-question quiz for him. Plan is you ask him these five questions and he will ask you five questions about your beloved Canada. I've written the Aussie ones and Craig Bobby wrote the Canadian ones. Best score gets to chug less fireball than the loser or whatever punishment you see fit. Alternate the questions between yourself. I'll forward the Canadian questions directly to Marty so there's no funny business. I haven't seen yours. You haven't seen yep, mine. That's correct. Who's going first? You can go first. Aussie question. He's given us five. So play along at home. Wait a minute. Uh, should we be on video so we're not Googling? We're not going to cheat. How many flyers do you have in front of you? <laughs> funny. I Keep know. Going. I do. All right. What and or where is the largest monolithic above ground rock in Australia? Marty. There's no multiple choice. Tell me where. Oh, you're fucking typing. I'm not, but I feel like this might be a trick question because- You have 10 seconds to answer. Uluru. I would expect that it is Uluru. The question again, what and or where is the largest monolithic above ground rock in Australia? It is actually Mount Augustus in West Australia, not Uluru as most people think. Sure. So there you go. I wouldn't have guessed either of those. No, there you go. I know okay. nothing. So my question for you, the CNE, which is the Canadian National Exhibition, is an annual fair and one of the longest and largest running major events in Toronto. From freak shows to modernist architecture, concerts, arcades and amusement rides, the X has been home to an array of fascinating cultural phenomenon over the oh years. Oh my God, it's a Craig Bobby question. It's going to take 20 minutes to get through the answer. Go ahead. What year was the CNE founded? It's over 100 years old. I know that. So give me the multiples. Did they give me any multiples? Yes, so you've got either 1913, 1909, 1947, or 
Like, how could you possibly be right? What a fucking tough question. Hard quiz. You're playing hard. Uh, the answer is, and of course, it's Craig Robbie, so I've got an answer. The CNE was originally called the Toronto Industrial Exhibition and was founded in 1879 to showcase the latest developments in technology and innovation. It took its current name in 1912. Entertainment wasn't its primary focus until the 20th century. All right. Thanks, Craig. Number two for you. We make jokes about New Zealand. But what is the ratio of sheep to people in Australia? Is it A, 1 to 2, B, 1 to 1, 2, 2 to 1, or D, 3 to 1? From the sheep to people ratio in Australia. It's 3 to 1. Three sheep to one person? Yep. Answer, three to one. Lots of sheep to share. And they're, <laughs> this is what he wrote, and they're quite pretty in some cases. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So we've got lots of sheep. We just don't fuck them. Okay, next question for you. There's no proof of that. <laughs> By the way. It's because we don't share the video. Remind me to talk to you about the boys. We've seen it all. Okay. Season okay. three. I thought we should do yep. a segment. What are the best fish to fuck? We're not going to do that. <laughs> oh my God. By the way, the answer is none, none. <laughs> okay, here we go. Canadians love this fast food so much that Canada has more of these restaurants or shops per capita than any other nation in the world. Is it A, McDonald's, B, pizza restaurants, C, donut shops, or D, food trucks? Better be donut shops. Is that your final answer? Sure. Okay, your answer is donut shops, mostly Tim Hortons. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're one each. That's good. Yep. Can we just talk about Tim Hortons for a second? Mm Because the only reason why I know about Tim Hortons Mm -hmm. was this viral video that I saw of this woman that was dying to go to the (laughs) toilet, and she ended up crapping into a napkin and throwing it at the person because they wouldn't let them use the toilets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's what I think of Canada. Was it bigger than a cat shit? (laughs) (laughs) this, This can't be true. There are over 4,300 Tim Hortons locations in Canada. Easily. Out of the 4,900 worldwide. What? It's a license to print money here. The line, the wait to get a Tim Hortons is ridiculous. And it's obviously in the millions to purchase that franchise. But uh, if you get one, congratulations, you won the lottery. Seriously. Are, are they that good? No, it's just fucking people will line. I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. But people will sure. line up 25 minutes in a drive-thru in the winter to get their coffee. And I don't get it, but. Mm-hmm. Well, did you know that up to 80% of Canadians say they visit the franchise at least once a month? That's just off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm sure it is. All right, question three. What Guinness World Record did Bob Hawke, Prime Minister of Australia, what record did he hold? Bonus points for the figures involved. Uh, it was beer drinking. I'm going to give that to you. Fastest drinking of a yard glass of beer. Yeah, yep. pints or 1.4 liters in 11 seconds. How is he still not the prime minister? He was a fucking hero. (laughs) And people used to always, always, whenever they met him, give him a beer and watch him drink. (laughs) Honestly, that's Australian prime minister's fault. Nice, nice. Okay, here we go. Okay. Those hooded sweatshirts that the rest of the world refers to as hoodies have a different and ridiculously cute moniker in the Canadian province of, oh my God, Saskatchewan. You said it right. How was that? Was that? Cool. Yep. Where they're known as what? A, criminals, <laughs> B, bunny hugs, C, joeys, or D, jumpers. Jumpers. The an- Is that your final answer? I'm guessing. I don't know the answer. Yeah. The answer is bunny hugs. Oh. The origins of this nickname, again, off the top of my head, 
uh, are not as cute as you'd expect, stemming from similar hooded, hooded clothing made from pelts of bunnies after the mass bunny side that took place when rabbit populations soared throughout the roof and people were encouraged I don't care. to ki- kill as many bunnies as possible. Yeah, who gives a wow. shit? Wow. I got the oh, question God. wrong. Two to one okay. from already. Two more questions each. Okay. Number four, on average, the adult Australian drinks, how much beer per year in liters? This was back in 2018, in case you've been keeping stats over the last four years. Our last data comes from 2018. On the average, adult Australian drinks, how much beer per year? Is it 31, 86, 92, or 340? I'm going to say 92. What a shitty, shitty, shitty quiz. He goes 31, 86, 92. 86 and 92 are both the same, and 340. I feel bad for you. You did get it wrong. You said 92. The question was 86. In my book, you're pretty damn close. I'm not giving you the point because I'm losing. But <laughs> 86 liters per year, of course. That means Ryan drinks 172 liters because Martin doesn't drink beer. Or Oz Eric makes up for all of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. Time to catch up. So this, this question... I'm not sure whether the first part of this is factually accurate. It says, Canada is a great sporting nation. Hmm, okay. Probably known best for its love of hockey, what many call the national sport. However, you may not know that Canada also has a rich basketball heritage. Formed in 1946, what was the name of Toronto's first professional basketball team? Was it A, the Toronto Seals, B, the Toronto Huskies, C, the Toronto Beavers, or D, the Toronto Brown Trouts? I'm going to go Huskies. That is correct. It was a guess. Yeah, <laughs> basketball invented in Canada, um, but uh, that was, I wasn't sure if the Huskies was the hockey team, so it was the only name I kind of recognized. 2-2, two, two, final question. Here we go. Oh, boy. The equivalent of the presidential debate here, the prime minister's debate, in 2010 was rescheduled due to a clash with what event? No multiple choice. The uh, presidential debate. Sorry, we can't air it because okay, something's happening. A- AFL grand final. That's a good guess. That would have been my guess. I know how much the Aussies love that. It would have been a sport thing for sure. Mm, was it? No. No. The prime minister's debate to determine who is going to be your next prime minister and really do all important things to put Australia on the map. No, we're going to forego that because the televised final of the TV cooking show MasterChef was on. <laughs> Wow. Go go Australia. Woo. That's us. Okay. Yep. Canada for the win here. Okay, here we go. For the best Can- Commonwealth country. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, Canada, like the United States, has a rich and diverse First Nations heritage. The name Canada comes from Huron Iroquois, maybe, I don't know, language, which means what? A, village. B, the Great White North. C, land of snow and ice, or D, beaver fever? Village. Is that your final question? Final answer? My final guess, sure. Do you know that for sure? No, I just don't think it's the Great White North. I was hoping it would be beaver fever. Unfortunately, you are correct. Bingo. Let's be honest. The other clues are pretty silly, right? It wasn't going to be the Great White North. What were the other ones you said? Land of snow and ice, beaver fever. That would have been great. Yeah, I'll take village. And that's, uh, I learned something there. Okay, Canada three, Australia two, suck it, down under. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure any of us should be proud <laughs> of, of the results from today. Admittedly, I'm not sure any of those questions and answers have improved my life. 
Well, maybe this will improve your life. We got a shout out on another podcast. It's a new podcast. Like really, really <laughs> new. Really new. <laughs> so Jason from Wisconsin has started a new podcast. It's called The Pinball Party. Uh, it's on Podbean or something like that. And he gave us kind of a shout out. Here it is. Uh, I listened to Final Round, one of my favorites of all time. Fuck those guys. They suck. But please keep making more shows. <laughs> I, I feel like we are the inspiration for his podcast because basically we didn't put out a show. So he sent us a note saying, well, fuck it. I'm going to do one anyway. My Mondays so. to Thursdays are ruined because there aren't enough podcasts. So I'm going to fill the void. So he's on a second podcast now. Give it a chance. Uh, pinball Party. It's hilarious. It's actually quite, you know, he's, he's he's got some audio background. His pipes are fine. I thought it was pretty good, but uh, yeah, Jason, so there you go, you son of a bitch. You got yeah, your plug. Fucker. <laughs> I think we're done. I think, I think we are. For sure. We covered a lot. Did I um, mention Flip Frenzies? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fly, yeah, fly you down, did. Got that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We revealed the next few games. Yep. We got that. I beat you in the quiz. I, yeah, we're good. Yeah. I think that's... Um, that's all we needed to do. Until December. My name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I think we're. I still, I just, sometimes I just wonder how you didn't get a career in comedy. <laughs> just, you're, you're very funny. Thank you. Thank you. You lying piece of shit. Uh, correct. Um, <laughs> okay. Let me look at my calendar here. I actually got it right here. I'm going to see when we can record next because people will want to know. What do I have next on my agenda? I am actually away in two weeks. That's when Pinfest is going to be. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe we should record next weekend. And I'm being serious because I got to go to Cleepin in Cleveland. I've got a pinball profile played in America tour event in Pittsburgh. I kick back. And, uh, uh-oh, then I'm going to the United Kingdom. Ooh. I'm going wonderful. to the UK to see Neil McRae and his, um, his pinball Neil's event. awesome. Yeah. So awesome. We better squeeze one in next week. How about that? Yeah, we will. Um, but also, just, just as well, there's a couple of events coming up as well in Australia. So we've got Pinfest. I already heard it on the Australian show. Yeah, okay. But people, people don't listen to oh, the show. Oh, okay. Right. Go like this, we've got an international audience. Oh, yeah. So there you go. So that's on September 17, 18. If you come, uh, Haggis will be there. So make sure you come and say hello. But we've also got a great tournament coming up as well, which is Pinbera which is in our nation's capital, which is Canberra. I wish that had been a question from Dr. John. Um, so that's from September 32, Monday, October the 3rd. And I've, I've been to uh, a tournament that uh, Pete Menzel runs uh, in Canberra before. Really, really well-run tournament. This one's over four days. Uh, get up to Canberra for that one. Lots of activity there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, now that we're opened up, uh, people are putting their schedules back together. Good. Nice to hear. Take that, Ian. Yeah. All right, where can people find us? Because I have no idea. Where can they write to us and say, where the fuck is your show? Where Where is that all happening? <laughs> Most people choose Facebook for that. They message us. But you can also email us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. Final Round Pin is our Twitter handle and Final Round Pinball Podcast on Instagram. We did it. We're there. We're done. So you're welcome, everybody. Quit your bitching. You got your show. Have fun. Nice hearing from you, Marty. No worries. You too. See everybody.